Hello? Hey, oh, can you hear me? Oh, Haley. Okay. I don't know what happened. I lost you before. Okay. Yeah. Well, this, is, um, <laughs> this is episode seven of um, A Piece of My Mind. And today's topic is uh, women in comedy changing the face of uh, entertainment. And uh, I, sh- I uh, need to announce a disclaimer. This podcast is not suitable for all uh, listening audiences, um, parental and or straight or um, gay or LGBTQ or otherwise uh, partner uh, discretion is, is advised. Um, so um, how you doing? I'm good, good. How are you? Good. I'm Natasha? good. I'm good. Okay, okay great. Really? <laughs> this is on good to hear i love hearing some nice friendly voices some comedians it's been a long time yes yeah yeah so um i'll introduce the two of you um these are uh, two um stand-up comedians uh very talented very funny outstanding uh, on the montreal comedy scene and uh so we're going to, uh, I'm going to start with a few questions for you. And the first one is, um, how did you get started in comedy? And what made you choose uh, to do stand-up? All right. And uh, do you want me to start hey, uh, and take it away? Hey, yeah, Haley. Take it away, yeah. Haley. All right. Uh, well, first of all, oh my God, you made me blush. Thank you for all your kind things you just said. Um, where I really started in comedy was when I was really young, I was like dying to act and I really wanted to do acting. And at a young age, I had like tried to get out to a, a high school that was a drama arts school and I didn't get in. Heartbroken, I just like, oh, comedy's not, or like acting is not gonna be a thing for me. And so when I started wanting, like I got older, 20 years old, I was like really missing acting. I got into improv. And uh, it just refreshed my memory of like acting and it was so much fun and it was easy to, to kind of bring up these funny concepts. And I thought, I need to take this to comedy. I tried to, I tried to do stand-up comedy and it just, uh, it's really stuck with me. And it's been a lot of fun since. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, Natasha? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I also have an acting uh, background. I, I went, uh, to DTF Dynamic Theater Factory and I went on one audition and I got completely spooked and at one point like I and but I did a lot of writing so um I think I fell into comedy by accident uh I dated a comic and uh anyway he said I'm pretty funny and I comedy and I was like you know what I don't know uh, I got into comedy after I got hit by a car because I used to hang out with people from the comedy nest uh, a lot. I used to take, mm. I used to escape St. Anne's by <laughs> the drama in St. Anne's by going downtown to the comedy nest on weekends. And uh, one of the comics I met there suggested that I do comedy, and then I got hit by a car. And while I was in the hospital, oh my god yeah yeah i know i i, I got an open tv fracture multiple fractures on my pelvis and wow. it was one of the best things because um all the comics that used to go it's the worst thing to have your pelvis broken but it's even worse to have comics <laughs> that keep making you laugh or you're like don't make me laugh it fucking hurts uh, so uh yeah so yeah. after after i got out of the hospital it was around 2005 
I was around 25 years old and I, I decided to pretty much like you, uh, Haley, like I missed performing so much being in the hospital with a broken leg and you realize that going for your dreams and pursuing something that makes you happy is what really matters. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 my first time was absolutely horrible. I should not be doing comedy right now, given how it went my first time. I froze and it was, anyway, like a deer in the headlights, actually. <laughs> it was sad. It was a very sad day. But here wow. we are now. <laughs> wow. wow, okay. Uh, I'm sorry, that was a lot of information at once, but well, that's... Thank you. That, I love that story, how it's just like, what? if you were to make it, the, like the title of that story would be like, how did you get into comedy? <laughs> I got hit by a car. That's it. Dun, dun, that was my brick wall, man. I hit it full force. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, well, that's, that's some story. I comedy. No. There you go. That's the title. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. Um, well, How did you get started, Jeffrey? My, oh, myself. Um, yeah. Um, actually, um, I something uh, I was I was I, I was toying with the idea for for a long time when I was a lot when I was a lot younger. Actually, I I tried it once at this uh, at the Comedy Works. Oh yeah, when I remember was, the Comedy. I miss the Comedy Works open mic comedy works in those days all you had to do was call and speak to someone and say you wanted to go up for uh, open mic so they had op their open mics were uh, tuesday nights in the days of jimbo when it was jimbo's pub yeah uh, late 90s it was late it was 1998 i think uh, i would have been five years old oh my god <laughs> i was 18. i was 18. <laughs> Is that, does that make you feel younger, Jeffrey? <laughs> oh my god! Just the oh my god! <laughs> Just the baby. Anyway, so uh, um, uh, it was a lot different back then. A lot different than it is. The scene must have been yeah. like uh, yeah. The scene has evolved so much over the years. Like if you think yeah. about how it was like in the nineties. To was what it was like in the yeah. early 2000s when I joined. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's evolved a lot. Oh yeah, it's really um, it's grown, it's evolved, it's it's you know it's become more difficult, more challenging, and so I went up. But it's always then, been difficult and challenging. Yeah, it's always, it's then I, it was it was that easy just just to get a spot on for open mic that night you know so i went out it was easy you just called and you got on like no yeah, go on and he, he put me on he scheduled me in for that night put me on and um so i did my act and uh it was it was terrible it was i mean <laughs> disaster i mean you know, I got some laughs from the end, from the back of the room, from a few guys, but uh, <laughs> I had like comments from this, um, from this, from these women at the on the the side of the rest of the club near the near the wall. They're sitting at a table near the wall, and a few of the three or four of them at a table, and they, and they said, "Oh, so offensive," you know. So I was, I was actually, my material was that I was making fun of Jewish American princesses. I was like aggressively um 
make, uh, hitting into um, you know Jewish maybe, American. Maybe Jewish if you would have been a, maybe if you would have been a girl, you would have been a Jewish American princess yourself. <laughs> well, maybe, but I mean, but I mean the tribe. I mean, I mean maybe the way I said, you know, the tribe, the tribe, like you know, the tribe with like the ring in the nose and the whole bit and that that kind of stuff and and uh, my bringing with my family and. Uh, you know, my family, my, one of my uncles, and uh, so, anyways, after the after the well, the the manager there, uh, I felt he was he was a real snarky kind of guy. He was like a real asshole because, like, I mean, before the act, I, I was hungry, so I went and got a sandwich from somewhere, and I brought it up into the the bar, the club, and I was eating the sandwich, and the guy he makes a snarky remark. Oh, is that part of your act? <laughs> I mean, like the guy was like he had like he had it in for me right from the get go with with that with his attitude, you know. And then after the act, he says says to me, "Don't ever come back again." <laughs> wow. Yeah. What's his name? We want names. We want names. No, it's okay. You don't have to name him. Um, I, um, so long ago, I haven't noticed much of any of that attitude. Today in the scene, it seems everywhere people go, they're they're supporting each other as much as they can. I I don't know. Do you guys still experience this kind of energy? Yeah. So I hadn't I hadn't gone back again. You know, um, but I worked a lot in telemarketing. It was kind of I worked around a lot of very funny people who could have potentially done stand up, gone to stand up, and they would have done really well. And had yeah. some some good material. One guy he was a little older than me, and he was he was coming up with new jokes every day at work. He was like writing like his material, just out of out of thin air, coming up with this material. You know, it was just the, the talent. The talent there was it was like wasted talent. It was a waste of talent. So I mean, you know, I, I was doing. I was doing comedy, except it was sit-down comedy, and um, the difference was was that I always had to be the closer. Yeah. <laughs> I always had to be the closer, <laughs> and that, that was that was the that was the main difference. So then I, well, um, so just last year in May, after doing an open mic uh, music set, I. Um, uh, which uh, my my partner thought that they would record actually recorded it and saw the video and then didn't think it went that well and I made some I made some joke I started off with some joke before I I played the song and I just and like I came up with a joke just about two minutes before I went up and I, I said uh, uh, well um, my friends call me Jeff or they don't call me at all and then people laughed at the joke <laughs> they found it funny. And then I thought, well, oh, I might have something there. So, place uh, my partner said, maybe you should stick to comedy. So that that Sunday, of that that same Sunday, following a few days later, I went to uh, open mic at um, McLean's Pub. Oh yeah, I remember McLean. Did you I ever do McLean's? Did I ever do McLean's comedy? No, I I just was thinking because I was like, I've been there so much for drinking. 
It was it was on Sundays and it's Sundays. It, you know what? So many times I would be there because my boyfriend goes there for watching sports on Sundays. So I would be there and be like, yeah. I'm gonna do it tonight. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the show. And then, like, 16 seasons later, I'd be, like, passed out in the washroom. My boyfriend would be holding my hair back food. I never made it, so. Oh, my God. I still relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that night, there was, I met Amara Rez for the first time. He was the host that night. Oh, yeah. You hosted wow. Amara, yeah. Amer was, you know, really great. If anyone, if I could ask for anyone to be the host the first time, I, I you know, I couldn't have probably not have asked for anyone better than him. And, Amer's uh, passion is so, like, Amer's passion is so infectious. Like, it's, it's, it, it's, yeah. it can be passionate about comedy. Like, he, he's out oh, there and he's got the energy of like this of a five-year-old you know he's just up there and he's just like so happy to be there it's it's infectious <laughs> yeah it was the energy was really really great and I, so i did a thing i did a whole routine about uh i had some pretty good material it was funny about that uh, you know being a son of a merchant it was written on my birth certificate was true story was that i'm a son of my name and then son of a merchant so i made i made a whole bit about that and um and uh, about um and something about one of my crazy uncles and my crazy perverted uncles <laughs> we've all got one of those family, is such, a, family yeah. is such a wealth of material in itself yeah. like every family is psychotic and funny so i mean it's yeah. just mm. you, you just can like pull mm. it out like but and my family my mother's family my mother's side they were like totally off the wall all her sisters and her her brothers and uh, you know even even my cousins her nephews like one of my nephews her nephews my cousins was like they were just like so naturally comical uh, you know you know it's like that it was that maritime sense of humor because they were from Halifax you know yeah so, yeah, yeah. Where are you uh, from, Haley? I'm from Ontario, a small town called Caledon East. It's so small that when you enter the town, you blink and you are exiting the town. Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned my dad, that. Uh, that. My dad used to say that it's uh, the telephone pole is the family tree. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Yeah. So yeah, so, so yeah. So my next question was, um, how long have you been uh, doing comedy in Montreal? Haley, you go first. All right, I've been uh, I've mm. been out there doing it for about four years, and uh, yeah. before that was a little bit of improv. But the, in the four years, I did some sketch comedy, and uh, in the last two years, I brought out more of my own character, like Haley, who is still a character, but mm. yeah showing different sides of myself but it's been a it's been a fun four years you're cutting yeah. out sometimes. oh really i don't i don't know i don't know if it's like i i'm new to this uh technology yeah. too i just like i don't know if are you using your phone i'm using my phone yeah okay 
your yeah are you guys on your computer i'm on my phone i'm on my phone i don't have any fancy microphones or any yeah. of that uh podcasting jazz i'm just coming in you're coming in pretty loud so oh, oh, yeah. Not too loud. yeah okay i'll keep it away from me a bit i'm resting my phone yeah. on my ball of wine Oh, that's so, cool. yeah, so it, it, it just holds it up. It's like a prop. Anyways. I did finish the wine, so maybe I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what was the question, Jeffrey? So how long, and, oh yeah, and Natasha, how long have you been doing it now? I've been doing comedy now since 2005, but the first time I did it, it took me a few months before I went back up again. So I would say I've been doing it pretty steady since I started my own room in St. Anne de Bellevue, where I live, in 2009. And then I ran my room every second Thursday. Uh, it was called the Boardwalk Comedy Show. And then I was running that every Thursday after hockey and I had comics coming. Like, so I was, it was a, it's been a, it was a pretty wild ride. After and uh, hockey comedy, that's the freaking show. Yeah, no, I know, but it was fucking nuts. Like people wouldn't pay attention because people were drinking. It was just like, it was because it's in a bar, you know? So it was like roughing it in comedy. And I couldn't pay my comics because the bar barely gave me any money. They gave me like, $40, but I didn't know anything about running a show and they didn't know, I didn't know what it was supposed to be worth or anything, but I had a lot of good comics. I came for about four years. So I would say I was do doing that for about four years. The comedy room did change its name. It went to like, um, what do they call it? The, the, oh, fuck. The comedy gym where comics come to work their stuff out. Anyway, because it was an open mic room. So it was really fun. Uh, and then I took a break. Oh, yeah, my father died in 2010. So I don't know. Like anything after 2010 to for 2010 to 2012. Then I took a little break. Then I came back. But I was always doing comedy at least like two, three times a year since then. Because, you know, you guys are familiar with the addiction. I don't have yeah. to explain it. You know, you know what it's like. You're like, <laughs> if you if you don't do it for a while, then you're like, something's wrong with my life. You're like, oh right, I haven't been doing any comedy. I need my fix. <laughs> so it's like, but to me, comedy has always been a positive influence. Like, it actually helped me to get straighter. It actually helped me to stop using drugs. You know, some some comics like they fall into drugs. I feel like out of drugs because. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was, it was my mother who actually said, you know, she she said one time she and she really reached me. She said, uh, you know, Natasha, your dreams, your writing, your comedy, none of that is going to happen if you keep those drugs in your life. But if I'm not, she's like, but it's your decision, it's your life. But her saying that was really a a big, uh, a huge uh, eye opener for me. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. But and, and I'm very thankful for the people that I've met through comedy. The most wow. about comedy scene for me has been incredibly amazing. Like everyone that yeah, I've met has, yeah. has, yeah. Uh, has remembered that I put them on a show, like back when I was running the room and I didn't know what I was doing. And people remember that, you know, like it's uh, and, and anyway. Uh, sorry. 
Well, no, no, yeah. Uh, oh, thank you. That, that's good. And also, okay, next question is for the two of you. Um, who is your favorite female stand-up comedian and why? Uh-huh. Ah, that's a toughie. That's a toughie, isn't it, Haley? I don't know. I've got one just because she's somebody who I first started off with. I was cool when it comes to anything. It's like music. Anything for me is like school. For you guys, it's probably like yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my so who is it? I always really loved, I grew up really loving male comedians. So for me, when like, to see female comedians, like it, you just didn't see them as much when you were growing up. So like, I finally like found Joan Rivers. Like Joan Rivers found me. Like <laughs> I Joan Rivers, yeah. I love for Joan Rivers, everything that she's done and like, she's done so much with her life, but I really just respected so much of like how I think Gilda Radner is one of my favorites too. Like if I like, mm. oh my God, there's there's a lot of. Uh, I like Tina Fey. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I like Ali Wong right now. Like it's I've watched her specials. Uh, I think more times than it's allowed. Eliza. <laughs> I find her, Eliza's I find her hilarious. Eliza's one of my new ones, but Joan Rivers is like the. <gasps> I fucking love Eliza. Yeah. Eliza is amazing. Mm-hmm. Eliza is a powerhouse, man. Yeah. Eliza Schlesinger, like, ah, my God. Yeah. But there's so many amazing women. Like, it's even in, in the Montreal comedy scene, if you want to, you know, like, Haley, when I first met you at uh, Blue Dog, like, you're so warm and inviting oh. and you have the same passion. And that's what I love about female comics is that in general, it's 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 like something that you gravitate to when you see another girl on the lineup. You're just like, man, that girl got to be my friend. Yeah, it's seeing like a, a movie with an empowering. I like woman Sarah Silverman too. Like, yeah, anytime I see a movie with an empowering woman character, like it's just like <gasps> I just like get choked up a bit. So like when I see like other women comedian, Montreal has been great because like I really see a strong balance. It's just like what's it's really nice because when I was growing up, I just didn't see that balance. So I, I was so inspired by male comedians most of my life just because I felt like there was more of it to be seen. Now it's different. Like in the last 20 years, I was like, I'm 26 now. So like in the last 20 years, comedians. And then that's how I got into this, you know, started doing comedy in Montreal. I really see that there's, you know, it's like a split. Like there's a lot of male and there's a lot of women, but because I'm in here and I'm looking, I see a lot more women and it's really nice. Like you get- Yeah, no, definitely. That's nice. Oh, what's this uh, special I just saw? Um, My God, her, um, what's her name? Um, The 25, um, quarter life crisis, Taylor, What's her name? I don't know this one. Um, my quarter life crisis. It's on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think I see her. She's something about like, I'm 25 and I'm sick of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she's really young and she's really catching. Like she's a, uh, she's been gaining some speed in the comedy scene. Yeah. She- I saw. I have only seen clips of her, but she, I already love her voice. I love her, her little yeah. lines there. She's already killing it. I love it. Yeah, I know. Like you could be like that. Well, you yes, could gain I, I traction. Just seeing it because you know, for I, as a kid, you just 
you, I don't know, I grew up not seeing it as much. So it was, it, you know, all my favorite movies and comedy movies are like Tommy Boy, uh, Oxbury, and those are all Yeah. Ooh, Janine Garofalo. You just made me think of that. I used to love Janine Garofalo. Oh, yeah. Like, not that I don't love her now, but like, she started doing comedy and she got into movies in the 90s and the early 2000s. Anyway. Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah, so that leads into um, next uh, next part of that. I, wa I wanted to give some historical background on women in comedy. I did, I did some Googling and some research on the Internet. And once upon a time, believe it or not, there was a time when it was not common to see a woman doing uh, get up on stage and do stand up, especially before prior to uh, 1960. Um, Fanny, Fanny, there was this uh, comedian who um, also uh, did movies named uh, Fanny Bryce. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. I haven't. She's one of the trailblazers. I haven't, but I'm very excited to check her out. So she's like, tell you. Yeah, Fanny Bryce. Gonna... Yeah, she did. Um, she did the, actually a play on Broadway called Funny Girl. Cool. Oh, right. Oh, that's her. Yeah. It was uh, that was Fanny Bryce, and um, she did a, a, a radio, she did a radio show called Baby Snooks, and um, which was like a comedy radio show, and um, also there was Moms Mabley, who was also the pioneer or one of the pioneers in uh, of women uh, going into comedy stand up, and. Um, her, her real name is actually Loretta Mary Aiken. Okay. She, well, she was big. She, Sorry, there's that new show, uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Is that yeah, the Amazon show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Could that have been uh, based on her and uh, Mom's Maybelline? Well, she's, she's, that was in that era in the in the 50s and like uh, late yeah. 50s. So it could have been inspired by her. <laughs> It, like in the in the fifties, Moms Mabley was very big uh, in uh, stand-up comedy. She was very popular. Um, yeah, and she was she was very brazen and daring. She was a trailblazer in the sense that she she um, like rooted out, blazed out new new areas that other stand-up comedians, especially, especially women stand-up comedians, wouldn't, wouldn't want to go um, into those directions in, in terms of material. And she was just very bold and brazen and, you know, had a lot of guts up there uh, on stage. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was also uh, Lucille Ball. Oh, very yeah. Popular, very popular in the 1950s, the Lucy, I Love Lucy show. Oh, and yeah. Fuller in the fifties started got very popular, and actually Joan Rivers began in the late fifties. Now, this uh, Mrs. Maisley actually that movie is actually modeled after um, Joan Joan Rivers. Oh my God! Oh, wow. That makes she, sense. She was actually um, like playing. And, um, Joan yes. Rivers, same comedic style, same, same kind of material, same personality and everything. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, 
was, but it was um, parts of her act were were um, really outrageous at a time when um, uh, the type of society was was very conservative. It was very it was even frowned upon for for, for women to go into comedy, comedy, and uh, by the older generation, it was looked upon like yeah. it, it, was, it was a stigma. There was a stigma about women doing stand up comedy. Yeah. You know, yeah, for a um, long, for too yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. So one, if you remember, if you've seen um, like the episodes, the first two seasons, episode in the first season, there's one episode where she gets on stage and she's like, she's had too much to yeah. drink. She drank too much wine, and yeah. she was drunk out of her mind. And uh, she she's, she's doing her act, she's doing her material, and she says. Um, um about her, talking about her her husband or her ex-husband she was in the middle of getting divorce separation and um you know um how could he not want to come on to tits like these and she lifts up her nightgown and she Never exposes her herself, lifts up her nightgown and next thing you know the police are coming in and they Listen, Jeff, they I arrest been there. because that was, a, that was in the time of lenny bruce so and yeah. it was uh, he got arrested quite a few times too. And he was yeah, he in in the show, the first time he bails her out, and then yeah. later on in I think in season two, he gets arrested and then she bails him out. Oh, I haven't seen season two yet. We've all been there. We've yeah, all been yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more. You know, uh. It's, you know, I don't know if, if a male comic on stage doing stand up, he, you know, and he did that, it, w- it wouldn't exactly have the same well, effect, you know, probably say, well, keep your shirt on, you know, like, we don't want to see your hairy chest, keep your shirt on, do us a favor, yeah, you know, because you guys are going to have a meltdown. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, the only one that really comes close to that um, today uh, is probably Amy Schumer, but I'm, I'm going to get to her later on. I'm going to, she's like more in that. And we're closer to your generation in the later era. And, um, uh, and of course, the Phyllis Diller, who was like ridiculously funny, and um, so after like nineteen late sixties, seventies into the seventies, after nineteen seventies, there was uh, Carl Burnett, Carl Burnett show. Yeah. Nineteen sixty-seven to nineteen seventy-eight, and um, Ellen DeGeneres um, later on in mm. the. Uh, 80s and 90s, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. Ar, Kathy Griffin, Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes is like the, the like the new age mom's Mabley. You know? Yeah, I saw her. Interesting. I saw her last year at yeah. Party at yeah. Yeah. And uh, she, she just looked. She is uh, like. Incredible! She's got, like, she's got the most amazing facial expressions, and seeing her at this party, she was 
I love her. She was like, I'm about and, to fucking run some bitches over right now. I felt like she just <laughs> get her a drink and just be like, here you go, want sex? Praise the Lord. I'm not worthy. <laughs> it's like the way it's like the her, the, the swagger and the way she talks and it's uh, like unbelievable I'm just amazing she, she's, she's pretty pretty awesome in her performances yeah. and um, so after 2000 on from 2000 and 2000 on up until present day you had comedians come up like Natasha Leggero um who did Comedy Central and Ugly American, Margaret Cho, Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman, Nikki Glaser. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Emily Heller. And uh, I saw Nikki Glaser's act on YouTube and Emily Heller. I, but I really like Nikki Glaser better. I really thought Nikki Glaser was like more funny, you know. And um, she kind of like she, she kind of in a way reminds me of like like you know Heidi Foss, the same the same similar kind of style in comedy. Heidi yeah. Foss, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so so that's it. So just to show how, how comedy evolved, interesting to see how women in comedy and uh, how it evolved over the years um, prior to 1960 up until... Like, and now you got us. And now, yeah. <laughs> now we got you a difficult... I mean, it's... Um, you know, women really liberated themselves through comedy, and this is um, um, uh, like a thread that you you could you could yeah. see. Yeah, um, they really said, "Hey, you know, like you know, they, they really gained a lot of recognition and um, prominence in the in the field." Yeah, as as. Um, uh, which is uh, something, something, something really, something really, really interesting. Um, but this, uh, I, there's more and more. Like in Montreal, there's more and more of, like, uh, over the last couple of years or so, few years, five years or so, there's more and more have, have come out. But there's, there's still, there's probably still a lot more. Who, who want to come out and uh, need to come out, you know? Because the guys, you can't have like you know the guys are, are like you go to open mic and it's like if there's eleven or twelve stand ups, stand up comics, like eight of them, at least eight of them will be guys, you know? Yeah. So we got to yeah. get more of us out there. Yeah. Well, I think you know the way I see it is if you can get at least one other girl or one other woman to put themselves out there like that's you know you've done your trick so like what i i really appreciate you is putting this podcast together and it's uh 
and and knowing your and knowing your history of all the living comedians we all have something to go research now and I, I think that's amazing because you know it hasn't been fair. yeah it hasn't been fair but I'm not gonna sit here and be a bitter bitch you know I'm just gonna get up and be funny so I hope that that can inspire other women too to do the same yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it this kind of way that you like. I don't see it as a rebellion, and uh, I don't see it a, as a hostile anything. You know, we're just out there to have fun, and it's not about gender equality or anything. Is I think that one thing that unites us, like music, is comedy. Everybody likes to laugh, and nobody thinks about like what whatever gender they are when they're having a great time and laughing with friends. You know. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it's, it's, it sucks that some people like, uh, still think that that's an issue, but I, I'd, I'd like to, I ideally, like I'm, I'm a very utopian person, but I just hope mm-hmm. that we could just not like all get along, but just like respect each other as human beings. I guess I'm more of a humanist than anything, but especially now you know with the crisis and everything it's just like kind of like levels of playing field for everybody everybody's like hurt right now everybody's like losing something and frustrated about something and that should show us how we should progress when we all get to go back to the stage and you know celebrate life together celebrate being together celebrate you know the ability to to be in a group. I miss, I miss hugging my friends so much. Like it's so hard. I I can't even pet dogs when I walk in the street anymore. Like that's the hardest thing for me. Like I see a dog, a dog even like I cross the street so the dog wouldn't try to come next to me. And I just wanted to pet the dog and the dog kept looking back at me. Like it just wanted, and I was like, I miss you too. And then I don't even know that dog, but. Yeah, we're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about more a little later, and now I, I want to go to I want to go to commercial break. Oh uh, yeah, just sure. from Okay, so um, okay, um, this is uh, Bendover from Backside Industries. When you are in action in the morning, do you shift to the left or do you shift to the right? You shift to the right. Okay, you need splash card. Okay. <laughs> Get flashcard now available in all major grocery supermarket stores and pharmacies only $39.99 on special. You'll find it right next to your uh, overinflated um, rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> Buy flashcard today. Okay, and we're back. Okay, this is um, Piece of um, My Mind, episode uh, 7. And we have these two lovely ladies uh, um, with me as my guests. And so we're going to also get a piece of their mind. And um, also, um, you'll probably give me a piece of your mind for doing the show, but that's another issue altogether. <laughs> um, yeah, so the next, uh, the next uh, what I want to talk about is um, how are you ladies coping now with uh, the quarantine? Uh, Natasha, you want to take it away? I've already established the fact that I can't pet random dogs on the street, so that's that's really difficult for me. <laughs> no, but uh, actually, if uh, being serious for a moment, uh, I guess I have to attribute the fact that I have a very wonderful boyfriend, and it's really nice to be able to have like a COVID buddy through this thing. 
Now, I was just going to say, um, you and Haley also, Haley, I believe you're living with a yeah, fellow I'm now, right? Eh? You yes, live with uh, a fella. He's okay. Do so, your parents know you live with yeah. a fella? Do they approve of the fella? <laughs> <laughs> so I was gonna say. So I was gonna say you must be snuggled in with your uh, other halves, yeah. with your respective, respective other halves. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he likes he's a cuddler. When you're cozy. You're Me cozy. too. Mine, mine is very, yeah, very cuddly. Cozy little apartments, you know. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I myself too, I have, um, you're married, uh, right? Another half, another whole, I am, I am, uh, you you're part say, of a, you could say married, although I, I mean, I didn't go through the whole ritual and everything. So, but I mean, you're <laughs> uh, yeah, you uh, drink each other's blood. <laughs> isn't everybody that's like my morning coffee man that's my boyfriend's blood under the table because you know what happens when you when a couple declares themselves common law to the government it's like they'll they'll lose half their benefits they, they put your benefits come as in one check together as a couple so the together jointly as a couple, you lose half yeah, your my money. My boyfriend's not worth him enough yet to marry him. He's yeah, not worth no, it. not worth it yet. When he gets a little richer, maybe I'll marry him. Then I'll divorce him, take his money, and then I'm <laughs> <laughs> My boyfriend and I don't want to get married. We're fine. We'll just play the really ear. Get married. Just don't know if my boyfriend's the right. One. You do. Just Does he? Is yeah, he listening crazy. to this? <laughs> so he'd be like, hey, I'm leaving. Yeah, Where are you going to go? Finish? You can't do anything. <laughs> Where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. Where are you going to go? <laughs> stuck here. <laughs> I know. My boyfriend likes that I'm stuck here. He's like, he's like, he likes that I get to spend more time than that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Being yeah. So for me, I was feeling the last couple of days. I've been feeling like well, my first impressions when this all started happening and the face masks and everything and, and the social distancing. I thought this whole thing is surreal. It's like I feel like I'm not. I'm not from somewhere else. Uh, like I'm in a science fiction movie. You know, it's so surreal. But the last couple of days, I felt like okay. Well, I had a life before. I was doing stand up. I produced. Or trying to produce another show, another open mic, and it's like, well, that seems surreal. Mm-hmm. You know? So before it seems surreal. And like, and I can't figure out, well, what am I doing now? This doesn't like Yeah. It, it makes sense. And uh then I'm thinking, well, there's so much uncertainty is in the yeah. future. Like, can we really get back? To where we were before, you know. So that's kind of surreal. It's kind of very surreal kind of feeling. And it's like really strange that what, what you, everything you did before was surreal. It was like a dream. It happened. When it, when did it become real for you? Because for me, it was uh, mm-hmm. March fifteenth when uh, the government decided that you know I couldn't have a job anymore because I work in a restaurant. So then I was like, oh shit! It's like establishments, yeah. yeah. So that's when it really started becoming real. 
the first time well for me the first time was i went out and um i um i had to go somewhere and then i had to uh I came back and uh, I took. I remember taking the metro and I got off the metro and and in Guy Concordia Metro I started seeing these Chinese girls, Chinese young women wearing masks, and and more people wearing masks. Like I saw like seven people wearing masks. Most of them happened to be young Chinese women. So, But I find that Asians have always like kind of sort of always wore yeah. masks. Like I've seen a lot of Asians. Like this is not a recent thing. This is actually pre-pandemic. Like I'd seen a lot of Asians concerned with wearing masks. Yeah, they weren't all, but they weren't all Asian. They weren't. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, then at the beginning, I just saw all women. Then later on, I saw like men too, also wearing masks, and more people wearing masks. And then I, when I got back home, my prior, my, my poor. My poor partner. <laughs> She was. Oh, I had a meltdown. So I was freaking out, and I had a, I had a meltdown. Like, what's going on? It doesn't even feel like I'm living in Canada. I feel like China or Taiwan or what the hell is happening? I don't understand any of this. And oh my god, I just I had one. It of was these, like a twilight zone. Like it was yeah. like it had that like upside yeah. down kind of feel. Yeah, you know, she calls it my, my one of my autistic fits. You see, you know, when I start going in, into this this um, kind of tirade, sort of, and she says, "Oh, that's that's your autism. You're getting autistic now, and I can't handle this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> can't handle this autistic rage or something. <laughs> autistic rage is that a thing? Like autistic, <laughs> autistic. I mean, that you obsess on the same." The same thought you, you you repeat yourself over and over and over again. You can't. You have difficulty communicating what what you feel, uh, you, your thoughts and feelings, and you you're obsessing on the same um, feeling or thought. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it was kind of like, um, yeah, that was that was kind of it's kind of rough. Kind of, you know, and then I have my ups and downs, my good days, my bad days. That this morning was was better than the morning before. That was <laughs> wasn't so good. And uh, yeah, we're um, all going through the motions of this. Like, there's no guidebook on how to how we're supposed to react through this whole thing. Yeah. You know, just yeah. we're cruising through this with the guidelines yeah. and everything. So it's. It's hard to adjust. I think the best thing to do yeah. is really just look forward because it's all we have. Yeah. Just to, 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 yeah, I know. You know what? It's the hardest thing because no one is going to be dealing with this the same way yourself going to be dealing no. with it. And so there might be people who this is like the worst fucking thing that could happen to them. And and it's just like I feel that pain for people. So I don't like to try to dwell too much on my my sadness and just try to like somewhat inspire people if, if you can because it might not be something you can do but like people got to get out and they got to find something if it's like reaching out for help like therapy right now mm -hmm. i'm sure there's gonna be lots of resources and stuff but i feel like yeah. that's gonna be no one knows what it's like for somebody else so it's like this could be the worst exactly. thing and so hopefully uh I find it 
I find it to be like an incredibly like creative wealth. Like we have all this time yeah. to invest in being creative, where yeah. it that can be an outlet for yeah. all of yeah. our artists. But, yeah. Like purged through it. Like stupid things going around. Like I was speaking to one neurotic conspiracy theorists. <laughs> yeah, one neurotic um, um, autistic friend, probably Asperger's, because uh, this this Asperger's, which is more in the functional <laughs> spectrum. Yeah. So, but this guy seriously should have been. He should be on antipsychotic drugs because the. He, you know, he thought that you saying or talking. He says, "Well, they placed the virus in New York." So this says, "No one placed the virus in New York City. <laughs> no, it just got there. People were in contact with Chinese people. It was Chinese, or people were in contact with Chinese people, and then spread. People, more and more people became affected. You know, no one, it wasn't placed there. And then, then he tells me, "Oh, well, in December." I had coronavirus. I was flat on my back in five days. For five days, it must have been. It must have been coronavirus. I said, "Dude, because it didn't come to Canada till what end of January, beginning of February. You, you, it was just a common flu. It was flu season." Yeah, I know. A lot of people are questioning themselves, like because all of this is bringing up like it's it's a questionable time. Like a lot of people are wondering, like, was it around before? Like, there's a lot of possibilities you know but it's anyway i don't know i don't know anything <sighs> so <laughs> anyway so you know so it's just the conversation just uh, ended like there and uh I, you know, I just, I just, it's like, I just couldn't take him anymore. You know, yeah. um, because you have to protect yourself, like from uh, conversations. As much as you want to connect with other people, there are some people that uh, might affect your your your, your own um, mental wellness. You know, and when, when if you you know go down the rabbit hole that they're down in, I don't know. But anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah. So okay. Um, so on a lighter note, um, off the top of your heads, can, do you have any good uh, quarantine jokes? <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be called the. I don't know why this virus was named after a light beer. I think it should be named the Ninja Virus because. <laughs> By the time you know a ninja's there, it's too late, and it would be a lot more threatening if it was called the ninja virus than being named after a light beer. Like one of the best yeah. quarantine jokes I can—I didn't come up with this one, uh, but someone had said like, uh, after all the stupid shit I've done, if I die because I touched my face, I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> and the other one that I saw was like. I didn't survive the '90s, the '90s rave scene, just to be taken down by a virus named after a light beer. Oh. See, I didn't, I didn't come up with that one, but it's the. Well, I'm good. Yeah. I got a couple. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Go on. So, Corona 
has been seriously considering changing its name to start with a K, so it can start a <laughs> series of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. That's good. That's good. Oh, oh my God, that's amazing. Coronavirus is very upset that Apple has not accepted its new virus uh, emoji. <laughs> Oh, three, completely unrelated to the coronavirus. Hey, Jeffrey, ask me how I mm. take my coffee. How, how do you take your coffee? Like my men. An espresso, short and quick. <laughs> espresso, like your men, espresso? Espresso, short and quick. Espresso? Huh? <laughs> I'm having a graphic image in my mind right now, you know. Like, <laughs> my boyfriend's baby. How tall are you? It's five, five. He says five twelve, but I say five five. Ooh. I think my boyfriend is five eight. I'm not sure. Five nine. I think he's like, but anyway, we fit well together. At my Jordan, my boyfriend, every time we go to the bowling alley, he always asks for size 13 as a joke because he's like five foot five. (laughs) And then then they bring, like, he laughs, but they bring him the size 13. And then I look at him, I'm like, you're a fucking embarrassment. And I leave him, and he has to go back to the guy and be like, excuse me, can I have a size nine and a half? Usually, Uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Um, uh, a few days ago, or almost a week ago, I I actually thought of a joke and I, I wrote a joke. Um, it's about um, some some guy, a pickup artist, kind of a Rick the Dick pickup artist, goes into an online chat room. And he meets this girl he likes and he says to her, hey, babe, after Corona, do you want to go out for a Corona? So she says, um, well, you know, you better quit that joke before it goes viral. (laughs) Oh, I came up with a joke today um, when I took a picture and I posted it on the St. Anne community side, but I took a walk and by the Couchard, there was a beer delivery. Uh, and they had like stacks of Michelob Ultra and Corona, and they thought the perfect caption for this would be like, uh, "No, we're all stocked up on Corona. We'll take the Michelob. Thank you." <laughs> anyway, it's more yeah. of a visual joke, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna take a short break for a song now. Um, Okay, and the, the name of the song is called um, Montreal Roads. Um, okay, and it goes, um, When can I ever leave home? When can I ever go out? When can I hit the bars again? When can I twist and shout? Goodbye, <laughs> Montreal Roads, where the bums of society <laughs> roll. I finally decide where my future lies, and it's not on Montreal Road. <laughs> Road. <laughs> Road. <laughs> Road. <laughs> Road. 
And we're back. Okay, we're back. This is episode seven, Peace of My Mind, with Natasha G. Filion and Haley Renee Garso, and your host, myself, Jeffrey Lawrence Weinstein. And uh, I thought we're going to play a little game now for fun. I'm going to I'm okay. throw some things, and you're going to just fire back whatever, like, the first thing comes off the top of your mind. Okay, and the first, okay, number one. Um, corniest pickup line you ever heard. Who's going first? <laughs> yep, oh. you can go first. Okay, you go first, Haley. Is that a mirror in your pocket? Because I can see myself in your pants. I didn't you hear didn't? that one. Okay. <laughs> Is that a mirror in your pocket? Because I can see myself in your pants. Coniest pickup line I heard was actually uh, two years ago, and I couldn't believe these two guys turned around, looked at me, and said, Hey, do you live with your parents? And I'm like, Well, no, but I wish I did because it would be a lot cheaper. (laughs) That's what Mm. that was my comeback to them, but uh, (laughs) yeah. My boyfriend almost got into a fight over that one because he was just so offended that these guys. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, oh. no. You're not going to like. You know, one, one time anyway. I got kidnapped. Does that count as a crappy pickup line? Ah! <laughs> yeah. And that, that's what he used for a pickup no, line? I, got, I mean, oh. Jeffrey, I got like, kidnapped one time. Yeah. Oh! Yes! Oh my god, that's amazing! With what line? What, what that line is the did... worst pickup line ever because if she goes kidnapped, that is the worst no, pickup line. Kidnapped. Oh. Did you get kidnapped? Yeah, well, technically, I got kidnapped. But uh, it was a couple of years ago at a bar, and uh, I you walked out. They actually abducted yeah, you. No, it was me and my girlfriend. We had had a drink with the guy at the bar inside. But he oh yeah. Him, so later on, we left the club, and then he pulled by in a car and was like, "Hey, ladies, want to ride home?" And we're like, "Wasted." We're like, "Yeah, we want to ride home." <laughs> so we get in the car. Oh shit! And we start driving, and we're like, "Okay, take a right here," and they turned left. I'm like, "Oh, it's a- it's oh okay. Jesus!" Us. Okay, t- t- you're gonna take a right on your next street. They turn left. We're like, oh, this is getting weird. <laughs> And then they pulled into um, a parking lot underground and brought us into their hotel lobby. And I was like, ha, ha, ha you guys are rapists. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, they went. The thing that was scary was they weren't saying anything. So they get us into their elevator and I'm like, where's the RC button? There's no RC, but I'm guessing floor two is closest to it. So I slapped floor two. I dragged my drunk ass friend out of there. We head to the lobby. We get help. We get the fuck out of there. But like they said nothing. So that was probably the worst pickup line I've ever had was, hey, want to drive home? And then secretly kidnapped us. Wow. That is a really dark story. But you're fine now. So it has a happy ending. But like that's like being dragged around by two security guards who don't like say nothing. They're like, you're funny. I'm like, yeah, I'm funny. And you're a rapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, that's scary. 
the least creative pickup line, you know, hey, can I give you a ride home? You know, like, then do you actually take it? Where'd you learn that one? (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's like to actually take the ride when someone's like, hey, you want to ride home? And you're like, yes, sure. And you're like, oops, what did I do? Honestly, I do not recommend ever getting a ride home from strangers. Yeah, I know. I had a similar experience. But Haley, after how many drinks was that? Oh, come on, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, <laughs> we lost count. Yeah, obviously. right. A lady never tells. <laughs> if I remember, it'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it was after fifty-six drinks and five shots. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, you know, if you're if you're sober enough to still keep counting, you know, then maybe it was a good yeah, sign. Yeah, no, we, 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 we survived. <laughs> Because, like, you know, you yeah. do have to be careful. That's scary, Haley. We have to be so fucking careful. Like, that was a bad mistake, and it could have yeah, been very bad. Yeah, I completely understand. But, um, that's it. Like, honestly, don't go to guys' houses or hotels, anything, anything. Don't do it. Don't even get into a fucking car. I know. I went to a guy's apartment, and the same, mm-hmm. like, pictures of, like, oh, this, this could be fun. And then I wasn't having any fun. And a guy tried to stop me from leaving. And then I pushed him out of the way, and I was like, oh my god, I don't even know where I am. And out of nowhere, a friend of mine pulled out because it was in the West Island, and it turned out to be like, it was 6 a.m., and a friend of mine pulled up and said, hey, do you you need a ride home? And that was like a legit ride home. Like, it was like a lifesaver ride home. The thing is, is that we are trusting, and we deserve to be. We should be able to trust men. But, like, I just don't recommend that we do. Like, not all men are fucking bad, but, like, just don't put yourself in a situation, which is, like, unfortunately, a lot of us learn the hard way, and that sucks. Oh, yeah. I just feel like we should be able to trust men, but, like, at the same time, just don't. And then, like, really build your trust up with people. And, like, I think that's just something we should all know and learn. And I'm happy a lot of people are whistleblowing, though. Are we going to talk about that? A lot of women whistleblow today, which is awesome and so encouraging. I feel like it's a safer environment for me to work in because I feel like if somebody <coughs> does do something to me that makes me feel uncomfortable, that like so many people have whistleblowed on other people that I feel comfortable that like yeah, I exactly to, to speak up if somebody does something. I've never had anything bad done to me. So I just feel like knowing that no. women are standing up is huge for me. It makes me feel better about this industry. Yes. Um, I still, I'm still scared. Yeah. I'm double high-fiving you right now. Still definitely scared of a, of a penis being whipped out when I'm not expecting it. But um, <laughs> I, I do believe that there's a lot Okay, of- that's where that comes from. That, okay, I knew that joke had to come from somewhere. Sorry, from, some, from some kind of folder. Some, 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 no, it's it- actually, it's a real thing. I've the seen folk. men's penises without my consent. But it it's actually, okay, nothing bad happened. It actually happened, but it actually happened to you that the guy... Yeah, there was a guy who's like, I just want you to look at it. And then it's like, it was kind of awkward. And then he put his pants back up and I was like, all right, let's just never speak of this again. Can you take me home? It's not to me, but it's... I'm sorry that happened to you. That's not fair. No, no, but the thing is, I didn't see it as an abuse. It was an abusive thing, but it was just an awkward fucking thing. But it's a person I don't know anymore. But it was just weird because he didn't touch me 
or anything, but it was just like he just showed it, and I was like, oh, okay, but I still, guess. Yeah, but a but friend of mine, a guy friend of mine said I should. But that's still sexual. I, I, very gross. No, I know, but um, a, friend of, a guy friend of mine, when I told him that that's what happened to me, he was like, haha, you should have said, haha, it looks like a penis, only smaller. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> but, like, but it's like, but I think at the moment that it happened, I was like so confused as to why this penis was being shown to me, and I was like, all right, well, all right, I'm I'm ready to go home. And then he just took me home. Like it was just like an awkward thing. I mean, it sucks because you should have no, I know. To feel comfortable to put yourself in a position, and that the fact that you you weren't safe without knowing it sucks. And I feel like, I mean, yeah, we, we should yeah. be more careful. Like that's, of course, you're gonna know that now, but that sucks that you have to learn it the hard way. That's not fair for women. That's what I mean. It's it's like it's like I stopped talking yeah. to that guy, and like he tried to call me or whatever, and I was like, I eh, know. And then eventually, they like the passive aggressive penis that he was. He just like disappeared. But um, <laughs> it's just like. It was just like, all right, okay, fine. Uh, saw a penis. I mean, like, what did you think? I'd never seen one before, and or did you want me to make notes yeah. on it, or did you oh, want no, me to compare it? Yeah, but it's like it's funny. Like there was there was a guy one time that I hooked up with for a couple of weekends, and he was fun. And then he looked at me and he was like, "So, tell me, am I the biggest cock you've ever seen?" And I'm like. Uh, do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to just make you feel good? And he's like, all right, okay, fine, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but I'm like, that's not a question you're supposed to ask. Like, I'm like, what what kind of answer were you expecting anyway? <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> wow. Um, wow, it's it's so weird. I, I've never done a podcast before and I just like find myself revealing like a lot of personal information <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun right it's fun comedy yeah. I'm doing I, was asking, I was i was when i was 18 i was um in ottawa and um i was in a sauna with this uh homosexual guy Ooh. who tried to pick me up and um Ooh, yeah. sounds hot his pick, Is he hot? His pick up, pick up line was, uh, can I give you a blowjob? Wow. Mm. Yeah. wow. That's, that's you, direct. You couldn't get more subtle than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, that was subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sure was. My boyfriend would love to visit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, uh, where, where was this? My boyfriend would love to visit. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, it was many, 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 many years ago. It was was in Ottawa, and it was um, in a sauna of a of a condominium building, like or an apartment building complex. And the, and the guy was actually in those days. So taboo. <laughs> it was so taboo. It was so um, stigmatizing to oh. to be gay in those days. You know, talking like, oh, going way, way, way back to like uh, 1977, you know. Um, 
where it was it was a big stigma for to to be gay for a guy to be gay and he says oh well, don't tell anybody don't tell anybody okay i'm gay don't tell anybody don't tell me like who am i gonna tell i don't i'm just visiting there with my girlfriend visiting her sister and okay. i don't know anybody there so who am i gonna talk to you know <laughs> it's like kind of kind of weird you know yeah so yeah okay so next okay next thing um favorite celebrity fantasy date or celebrity crush of all time so like when you were 17 who who was your who who did you fantasize Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey I'm not kidding this was before he was we were not supposed to like him anymore but I was really in love with Kevin Spacey Oh really Yeah, I was like, I I had a huge crush on him. I'd just seen American Beauty. I don't know. It's, uh, mm. I don't know. It, it, he was one of my crushes. But I had Christian Bale and Chris Noth also from Law & Order. This, these were my uh, teenage crushes. I know, it's a bit odd, but, Did you yeah. Did the Goonies? And um, Haley? Did you ever see yeah. the Goonies? Oh, yeah, the Goonies. I love the Goonies. Boys. There was these two yeah? characters, the bad boys in those movies, the Stand By Me and the Goonies. Those are my Ooh. childhood crushes. Yeah. They both wore white t-shirts. Oh. They both smoked cigarettes. The Goonies. The bad boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. Uh, I forget who was the bad boy in the the like little leaders of the pack and as a child that's who i love now today i have a little obsession with a couple of toms there's um there no it's great like this is awesome i have two crushes on two toms and i think they might be in the same movie together so it's tom holland and tom hardy Spider-Man Ooh, and yeah, and they might be in the same movie. My boyfriend's literally like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm gonna have to bring the water, uh, the, the mop up to the movie theater. <laughs> so what was it? Yeah. I'm just looking at Stand By Me right now. Uh, is it uh, Corey <laughs> Feldman or River Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah, Venom. probably River Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah, that reminds me of another joke I'm going to tell you in a minute. Before I tell, um, um, when I was 17, okay, my crush, I had the hots oh, for I Dolly her. Parton. I was her for Halloween once. Uh, yeah. yeah. You were her for Halloween? Yeah. So That's I thought awesome. it was like, when, when she sang, like, Thank God I'm a country girl. I'm saying, yeah, thank oh, yeah. God you're a country girl. Like, you know, like, well, I would have, like, you know, I had to have, like, daydreams about her. And, oh, my God. To look at her today. And today, even today, she looks she's amazing. Not. She looks freaking amazing. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And she's a good person, you know. I think she's a genuine. Like, I went to Dollywood yeah. in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Fan- fantastic. So, yeah. So, yeah, as, as Haley was talking, it was just, um, I, I, 
I just thought of a joke. Uh, it's actually true. Like this is a true story, but it's like it's, it's, I joke about it. It's a joke. Um, I um, when I was um, 23, I, I dated this girl who was 21, and she used to get high on Sudafed. So Sudafed. Sudafed. Yeah. You so, can get high off that. Yeah. It's crazy. Pseudoephrine, yeah. Um, oh, I think that's one. Of, I think that's one of the ingredients what? they used to make meth. I think. Yeah, yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I saw that on a drug documentary that the pseudoephrine is one of the drugs they used to make like a like methamphetamine. Anyway. So, they used to sell it in the pharmacies. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. That's what they do now because it's so widespread that. Well, any pharmacy. So she'd overdose on that. And the joke is what I was dating this girl. She would, she would get a horn. Whenever she would get money, which was like four times a day, she, she would yell out to the world, it's raining in my forest. <laughs> Whenever, whenever she get horny, so oh wow! One time, I'm sitting at a friend's house, and it's kind of embarrassing in a way because I'm sitting at a friend's house on his balcony, and uh, my friend didn't know her that we were dating. My friend didn't know her really that well, and she just blurts that out. My friend starts laughing hysterically. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So. Um, Okay, the next, okay, next one is, um, now you're gonna have to use, really stretch your imagination on this one, okay? Um, most erotic album title um, by a, a male artist. Now you picture it's in your mind, what, what would that be? Slipper When It's Wet by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, yeah, if one other one that you, you know, or, or one that you could, um, if not one you can just invent, like up for the moment. Oh, I actually used something that, that hey. existed. Good point. Um, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Paradise hmm? by the Dashboard Light. Yeah. Uh, dashboard dashboard dikes. dikes. It's a meatloaf. It's meatloaf. Uh, Paradise yeah. by the Dashboard Light. It's a song about a guy who's. Yeah. Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Oh my God. To his high school sweetheart, and uh, they they're about to fuck, and she's like. Uh, will you love me for the rest of my life? And he's like, uh, I'm not sure, but I want to have sex. That's the song. <laughs> yeah, Paradise by the Dashboard yeah. Lights, song by Meatloaf. <laughs> Meatloaf, yeah, but which has a sexual innuendo. Yeah, like Paradise. Connotation. Innuendo. Innuendo. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, for me, it was um, actually me and my friend of mine a long, long time ago. We used to joke about made this up. Um, uh, an old album, I think from 1979, Linda Ronstadt's Greatest Tits. <laughs> Is that real? Yeah. <laughs> It's supposed to be no. The real wow. name is Linda Ronstadt's greatest hits, uh-huh. but for fun, is... but for fun, we changed the name to Linda Ronstadt's greatest hits. Hit In those days, Linda, Linda Ronstadt was so hot. She was she was a very hot. I mean, she was a great artist, with great voice, and she was also happened to be like very hot, you know, <laughs> on on, the, on her album cover. Yeah. So I think that was way back in um, 1979. Um, uh, that's it. When we we drove around these dinosaurs, yeah, we called them Oldsmobiles. Uh, your mom. 1993. What a year. Your mom. <laughs> oh. Wow. And a very good year. Nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was thirteen. Becoming a human. Because <laughs> my mom's eggs, my dad's semen. My dad always You were on the way. He said he this is what he said. He said I could have made a stain in the sheets instead of a stain in society. I'm the <laughs> A friend of mine, with another friend of mine back in the 80s, there we, we used to go to um, this um, restaurant, Tasty Foods, on the carry when Tasty Foods was on the other foods. side of the carry. I but, used to go there. Yeah, the opposite. I used to go there. The carry, yeah, so we go there, we go upstairs to the bar, they had TV and everything. <laughs> and for some reason, it was so crazy. He called the place, the code name for the restaurant the was called sperm? The Wasted You're, Sperm. I know the owner, like it's my boyfriend's oh. friend. Why do you call him that? The Wasted no. Sperm? <laughs> no. I, actually, I just know their pizza, but anyway. Like, like you know, like some people go around like like morons and, <laughs> and it's like, oh, they're wasted sperm, you know? Um, you know, it's something if you if you really, really get pissed off at somebody. So, um, okay, next, most insulting heckle or joke oh, I got it you ever delivered. Okay, so uh, there was this <laughs> point uh, I was making Louis C.K. jokes, who we all know was a little bit of a creep. Um, but I was just making jokes because he was also one of an, uh, an inspiring comedian to myself. So as I was talking about Louis C.K., um, one of the women in the audience was like, assault is assault. But earlier in the, my segment, I had made this joke about how women are the worst. I'm like, oh, women, we're always complaining. It was like very sarcastic because it was like more of a an enlightening moment. So I was like, oh, women this, women that. And so this lady, she interrupted me during my, my speech about Louis C.K. And she's like, assault is assault. And I was like, women are the worst, aren't they? 
And I feel like I didn't even acknowledge that. And like everyone liked that. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I don't disagree with her. Like, I was just like, shut up, I'm on the stage. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I am. Um, I, I guess uh, the worst heckle I ever got is like, uh, actually, it came from one of my friends. And he said, uh, I don't think comedy is your thing. And I said, uh-huh. well, I don't think breathing is your thing, but you do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's like, so, and it's like, it, it's, we're still friends now, but like, it, was, uh, it was the one thing, like, I, I got him so hard, like, he was just, he actually, oh, yeah, anyway, it was, it was actually really funny, but I don't know, I never really got heckled on stage, usually because I throw it back in their face, it's like, oh, I know, you're thinking, you suck, but we like you, and then usually if you... If you go on the offensive, if you actually like say that, I know, I know what you're thinking. I suck, but you still like me, right? <laughs> and, and people are just like, harmed by that. It's <laughs> like, okay, fine, we do. Not really, but we do. <laughs> uh, yeah. anyway. Well, here's something you could use if somebody is really, really aggravating and annoying. You say, um, what? Walk away. No, you say, um, what's wrong? What's your problem? Did you forget to thank your mother for the blowjob you got this morning? <laughs> That's like really <laughs> hitting below the belt, literally. <laughs> uh, but it's a four, that was a Freudian, that was a Freudian heckle. <laughs> Okay, so so now we'll we'll go to another commercial break, and um, in five, four, three, two, one. Are you tired of putting up with people who don't know how to social distance? Tired of seeing people wear face masks because they think it's the new fashion or maybe the new normal? Then you need stay the fuck home. Anti COVID, 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 COVID it disinfectant spray available now at all social distancing pharmacies only $9.99 for a 50 milliliter can hurry now supplies last and we're back okay all right so now for this uh, last portion of the show um about we talk about um, um, hopes, hopes and dreams, plans, aspirations. Hmm. Mm. Haley. Mm. Hello. It sounds like she's away. Haley. Sorry, was that for me? Yeah? Sorry, what was the question? Haley? What was the question? Yeah, yeah. that was a question. Okay, either one of you, 
doesn't matter, Harpin. Um, you know, they're talk, your, your hopes and dreams for the future. Yeah. Any uh, plans oh, yeah. or aspirations? Okay, let me, let me, yeah, okay. So I, I have a lot of hopes and dreams and aspirations. I just try my best. Sorry. Can you hear me good? Okay. I, I really just want yeah, to be yeah, go happy. Ahead. Um, I know that if you just put that out into the universe, that it's going to react and it's going to give you that. And I just feel like I, I miss my family right now. I'm unfortunate. I'm, you know, I, I have my boyfriend, but I don't get to see a lot of my friends and family right now. So I look forward to that. But, um, but I think like my biggest thing is like, you know, just same I have goals of creating and, and uh, creating acts. I, I write a lot. And I want to create and produce different types of movies and sitcoms and uh and star in them so those are my those are my dreams and i'm, I'm working on them right now i'm lucky to have that right now because i can feed my passion in my spare time it's just like i know a lot of people don't have those things and so i do feel sympathy for that Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you want to be closer to, to your family? That was my always my my day to day is like doing my work and working as hard as I can. Weekends are for my family, and I just don't get to see them right now because of everything that's going on. So I, I look forward to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. but she also said that she wants to write Movies and sitcoms. Yeah, um, screenplays and. Oh, sitcoms yeah. too. I write a lot of movies. Movies and sitcoms, screenwriting, oh, so work on your craft, learn about it. And I pitched before, yeah. so I look forward to pitching again oh, yeah. as well. Sure. Never stop. It's the. I guess that's just the same for me. Like, I'm just uh, working on my craft right now. Like, I find that it's an incredible opportunity to read and get better at things so but i guess that overall it's it's an incredible opportunity to live day by day and see what happens and just stay true to the path that you're following i find that's what i'm gonna do is that whatever i've been doing maybe a little bit on pause right now but i'm just gonna keep at it I don't, I don't put too much expectations into dreams or hopes or anything, but I just keep following the path because I've learned so much already from sticking to the path that, you know, if I keep going, something good's gonna happen. But I don't mm -hmm. have like the, I don't have the dreams I used to have, let's just say. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's better now, if any. Anyway, that's day by day. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I was thinking the past couple of days is that um, I had with uh, my partner. Uh, I call her my my honey bear. <laughs> that's her nickname. Um, um, travel plans to to go to different uh, countries, but um, but now it's very difficult to plan because there's so much uncertainty. We don't know if there's going to be a second wave and that, that you know, that everything's going to be shut down again, even after it opens. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's just 
it's fictitious. It's like hypothetical. It's mood, like like fantasy. So we'll play for a moment. We'll play this. Um, imagine like a fantasy travel game. If you can go anywhere in the world, you could pick a dis- destination anywhere on the globe. Where would that be? Australia. Oh, where would where in Australia? I don't know. Like if we're talking about fantasy, I'd like to visit the whole continent of okay, Australia. So, no, so just nowhere in particular, but just like different uh, parts of Australia. I would like to discover. Uh, I would like to go to Europe. I've never been to Europe. I would love to see Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. here. I'm here. Sorry, I just. Oh, Haley, are you still there? Okay. I don't have any. Uh, Where would you like to go? Um, I have no immediate destinations. I just, I, I, I don't want to travel. It's weird, but uh, everyone was. Huh? You're good at home. You know what? Well, okay, I mean, I'll just eventually, at some point, you. in if it's not like here, let's say in a few years from now. If there's Hawaii, Hawaii. 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 I was there when I it's was It's a beautiful young, place. There's many islands. Kauai is the best. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, so that's it. I'm gonna have, um, okay, we take a break for one more song. It's called the um, Sea, sea of Isolation. Come with me, my love. Haley left. She, oh, she left, yeah, okay. Come with me, my love, into the sea, sea of isolation. I want to tell you just so much. I love your mask. Okay. All um, right, so maybe it's, good, so, it's a good time to wrap up the show. So, okay, any, you want to do, um, any promos for the listening audience to um, have any links to contact you or anything? No, I'm I'm good. Um, I would like to thank every, anybody that was uh, listening tonight. Uh, thank you for uh, paying attention, and um, it uh, was nice to. Um. Thank you, and I would like to thank you, Jeffrey, for having me on. Um, thank and, you. Uh, yeah. Thank you, and thanks also to um, Haley uh, Garceau. And um, just to mention, um, guests of the Peace of Mind podcast stay at the Hilton Isolation Hotel in downtown Montreal, Quebec. This show was brought to you by all the good folks at COVID-19 Conspiracy Theories Incorporated. If you have a good conspiracy theory, we'll make sure it goes viral. Thank you, Jeffrey. And um, have a good night.